0: Hello, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, consider supporting it on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, or even send a one-time donation to paypal.me slash Nick Flanagan Weekly. Uh, there's some new tiers on the Patreon. You're going to get some cool stuff. And if you do do a, a one-time donation, I'll make it worth your while. I'll send you something awesome. So... Here we are, another adventure with A.L. Sr. Good friend of mine, he's got his guitar for this. If you've listened to the Psychotronic Cinema picks, if you've listened to the Frank Vincent episode, you know what you're in for. We have another great conversation. If you're in Toronto, we have a show this Sunday, 3 p.m. at the Transac at Bloor & Brunswick. It's really a great time. Kurt Newman's on the show, he's been on the podcast before too. It's every second Sunday, every month. It's a residency. I'm part of it, AL's part of it, and you can be part of it. Maybe I'll stream it someday. Anyway, thank you very much to anyone who has uh, supported the podcast or listened to the podcast, and here you go. Here's the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Right now, I'm freeballing it as always. No topics, nothing planned. AL Senior in studio, ready to go. He's been on the podcast before. If you don't know who that is, you're probably not from the area, the local area. AL is a classic man, he's been on the podcast before. We just did a pod uh, show together this past Sunday. It was crucial. You missed it. You always miss it. Now, some of the people who listen to this podcast have come to the shows and I thank you and I cheers you. Other people aren't in Toronto, so they can't go to the shows. But if you'd want, I'll stream it. How's that sound for you? For me? No, for the, for the, for the people listening. God, it's been so hard putting this podcast out lately, not just because of malaise, but trust me, that played a big part of it. There have been family emergencies, none of which are uh, anything you should worry about. There's been distracting cats. There's been uh, work that came up. but more, The biggest problem is just that my I, I don't understand how to use recording software and I have an old computer, so I just haven't been able to edit and uh, I finally got one of the episodes up the other day, and now this one I think it'll go up really fast. What is my podcast? Uh, kind of a recap of how hard it was putting up the last podcast. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Uh, I uh, what did it, I watched the documentary about the fire festival? Hey, yeah, that's good. We can talk about that fire. That's uh, the festival that happened. It's called Fire Festival, or should I say, the festival that didn't happen? Now this was big news in 2017, <laughs> and the documentary is even a few months old. So really, there's no reason I should be talking about this. But you know, I haven't been captured on record discussing the Fire Festival. Ale, what do you think of Fire Festival?
1: I wish I was there in a way. You wish you'd landed on the island. The funny thing is, I heard they made a second fire. Uh, Firefest Doc. Yes. And apparently, there's a bunch of them up there. Yeah, there's two. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the one that's based on the one, <laughs> of the new Fire. Um, oh, I see. Doc no, number three now, based yeah. on the one that's really going to go down.
0: Well, actually, I did after we watched Ooh. the Netflix one, my friend Mike and I, and it turned out the first one was created by these people who had a vested interest. The uh, con- you know the Instagram account fuck Jerry you know we talked about all that uh, fuck Jerry the famous Instagram tweet. I hope quotas. they lost the followers,
1: man. Yeah, they lost I a bunch, did they?
0: Sh- yeah, but um, yeah, fuck Jerry put puts a bad name on repurposing uh, the content of others. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so fuck Jerry were hired as the marketing company for the fire festival. And then they made a documentary about how the fire festival fell apart. So in other words, they covered their ass on both ends. If that's possible. I guess you only really need to cover both cheeks.
1: Yeah, it's it's so cynical. And um mm-hmm. but I guess that that's the currency. That's today's currency. Cynical the points. Cynical yen. Hey. <laughs> cynical dollars.
0: Cynical coin, Lightsyn. What happens to all of your Bitcoin money? Oh, I don't know, but I use BTZ, which is the Buns Trading Zone thing. If you want to donate some BTZ, just hop on the Buns app. What's... If you want to donate to the Jeez. podcast via BTZ, my app name is oh, The we're... Flans on the Bit on the
1: Buns. <laughs> What's your name? I'm not on it. I mean, I wasn't on it. AL the
0: Senior, app, everybody. No, blog, camp. Naps. Dot com. <laughs> Naps. Naps
1: coin. Naps. That is your name. That's my uh, Discogs picture.
0: How many apps have you helped design? Uh, Dale?
1: exactly. Um, exactly one. Go on. But um, yes, we had to uh, let's say take some more time to do a little bit more uh, R and D, as they say in the parlance. Oh, R and D. R and D. Yeah, without R&D. Are you getting another step call coming in? No, no, I'm just, uh, just kind of getting something. So R&D, and um, I can't say that I'm too enamored with that world. It's a little bit too fast-moving, and what was that word that we used? Cynical. I mean, you know, the worst thing
0: about it is it's like cynical, the, the tech world and the world of parties and music festivals and all that kind of thing. I mean, I have some of my favorite people are involved in that. But it's, you know, um, filled with some of the hardest working, most theoretically positive people, but encouraging hyper cynical uh, audience interaction and, you know, ideas. Like, they know how it works. They know how far they can take it. They're driven about what they're doing, but what they're doing involves generally
1: partnering with Doritos or... It's just, his story is so infuriating because it's just like white people paying money to other white people.
0: Yeah, uh, but using Ja Rule as sort of this... Right. You know, uh, like the guy who, the most famous person directly associated with it. So no one's going, oh
1: yeah, the fire Festival, that Billy McFarland guy started it. No, everyone's going, oh, yeah, that was Ja Rule's. Anyway, I should have my own music festival. In fact, I'm going to work on that. Ja Rule is working on his own music festival. And it's festival. going to be based on this concept I've been riffing to you about called the Hexagon. Okay. And um, we're going to make it happen.
0: Go on. Right now? Yeah, tell me about the Hexagon.
1: So, um, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put together this um, all-star... A variety event based around uh, a hexagon. Oh yeah, you of, did tell me about with, this. You know, just like different, different artists coming from different backgrounds, you know, comedians versus musicians versus uh, jugglers and sort of like a dragon's den of uh, bad talent. Or
0: UFC, but with like the arts.
1: And everybody, you know, <laughs> they're in their corner, of the hexagon, and then I guess when the ref throws down the rubber chicken or whatever, uh, everybody just kind of rushes at each other. And then they do their shtick, right? They got you know. So you'll have uh, it's a little bit more combative than America's Got Talent.
0: Eric Andre running towards uh, Jack Johnson, the singer-songwriter, and they both yeah, they run
1: at each other, but then they stop just short of you know having some personal space, so they They don't feel each other's breath, and they have to attack each other with their talents right and that's the hexagon
0: I mean that's America
1: that attacking
0: is... each other with their talents right. you know not like Canada
1: and uh who's the I most talented to... man
0: in Canada if you had to say point blank right now person who's the most talented person in Canada don't put that on me I'll Choclair you. the rapper Choclair
1: or Socrates
0: the rapper Socrates no Mishimi the rapper Migishimi. um I think the guy that... The met, astronaut, Chris Hadfield. The
1: man that invented basketball.
0: Oh, James Naismith.
1: Yeah, he's the most talented one right now.
0: Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't it be Vince Carter? <laughs> Vince. If you not- for, but if you played for a Canadian team, does that oh, make you an honorary Canadian? In a way. So the best, the smartest, <laughs> is uh, George Chavala, the have boxer. I'm off
1: guard with this one. There's, there got to be some really funny ones. I would say Sid Dithers.
0: <laughs> How did you get to San Francisco? <laughs> did you drove or
1: did you flew? Right. Classic character. Do you think the kids remember SCTV? I mean, but, you know, just, <clears throat> just saying that makes you sound like you have some stake in thinking about whether there's an audience <laughs> other than you. Like, who are the kids? Like, who cares? You know, like what audience, there, you know? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that should be your
0: like, next uh, album title. <laughs> what audience (laughs) because you're a very skilled talented musician multi-talented multi-crafted multi-layered go on Uh, you have a doctorate uh, uh, unofficially in all of the (laughs) schools of philosophy go on and uh, I'm still listening to what you're saying so keep talking those who know know but those who don't know they don't know. Once a month, we go to the Transac. We lay down some of the most uh, healing vibes in the city. It might as well be a sound bath. I
1: agree. It's a sound bath.
0: You know, it, it was my favorite way to it's do comedy. Schvitz. It's a schwitz. It's never a Russian know what bath.
1: People are going to throw at you. You know, some comic might schlep you right out of your comfort zone and throw you up there and just ask you to participate (laughs) and 20 questions and i always
0: have you do the 20 questions you you always do great you always Uh. do great don't you (laughs) don't you had a lot of fun i felt like you had a lot of fun
1: meter for what is great (laughs) no that's
0: the whole thing that's what that's what's special about our you know what you bring to the table i just think your existence nullifies uh, st- the idea of the concept of standards oh
1: wow let
0: me and that's a good thing let
1: me meditate on that
0: sure um I- uh, no one ever thinks about you take the mom take the m out of mom what do you get um what <laughs> like mom is just meditate is just a meditation noise with an m in front of it
1: I guess it is
0: And but
1: pop what do you get with pop pop what is that
0: Po. p-o op op as in psyop <clears throat> do you subscribe to any conspiracy theories or does it bother you that most of them <laughs> end at the Jews
1: no that's just that's just where they begin I, if, if, I feel like they begin and end at the spe- Jews speaking of which you bring up a good point you know uh, we haven't checked in with each other in a minute, and you know a lot has gone down. Really, you know, in the last few weeks, I don't know if you've been really keeping <laughs> keeping in touch tabs. with the news. I've been mean, keeping tabs <laughs> on the news, Nick. Uh, but, um, Israel landed uh, a rocket on the moon. What? Oh yeah, only the fourth country. Is that ever... what you're calling
0: it when Netanyahu that...
1: wins now? <laughs> I think it happened shortly shortly before I didn't it wasn't exactly like a, a perfect landing but um
0: Israel sent a rocket to the moon, to and, the moon it yeah. and it landed
1: and landed imperfectly how so well, you know you're gonna be able to do that soon it's you know maybe not a big deal
0: what do you think of galactic Amazon Amazon going galactic is this another thing you're talking about that, that, that happened no I- sorry virgin virgin galactic did Richard he, uh, Branson. Did Richard
1: Branson build his his rocket? Is he going up He's there? He's
0: sending people up there, t- moon tourists. So you what land about, on the moon. What do I think
1: you, about moon tourism?
0: Someone's going to say it's boring. That's the worst part of it. Like pe- some kid is going to land there and go, I mean, it's, it's going to awesome. be like going to I the cottage.
1: You? you know, I mean, I'm sure I, like everyone else, are going to wait for the first few, you know, the first few missions before you know I I run out and sign myself up. For that.
0: <laughs> how much uh, are you willing? How, how much are you willing to? Uh, Eighty bucks. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to
1: return just... <laughs> forty. That's a good deal, right? Yeah. Forty bucks each way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's going to be like a discount Tuesday?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, there's going to be all of that, all of that, all of those deals. You know, just like this whole travelocity stuff, they're going to be emailing you deals on the moon, <laughs> deals for the moon show, whatever. Oh, that's wild, you know, dude, that is wild. Moon food. Did you ever think this was
0: possible? <laughs> moon food. <laughs> um, so people be like, we shaved this rock and we boiled the rock with uh, corn, well, well, and so
1: this is corn boiled with moon rock. It's gonna that be sounds crazy. about right, right? It's gonna be crazy. What was the news that came out the other day that they they're gonna be able to send robotic colonies to build the actual architecture, like the the structures, like the homes, the buildings, or whatever, so that they'll be ready when people actually get to Mars, right? The robots mm-hmm. are gonna build, right? You know,
0: so you so, show up and the
1: robots so are like, you show up and you're like,
0: my bad, I did not build air. I forgot
1: to build toilets. I am so it's a sorry. Good idea for a science fiction movie. Excuse me. Did you check no out any of, the, um, any of the Peel stuff? Key and Peel. Yeah. Did you see any of the uh, the new Twilight Zone episodes?
0: No, and I didn't see the movie Us. I'm, I'm on the I'm I'm on the back burner with that stuff. You're on
1: the down. You liking scale. it? Um, I I didn't catch the first episode. I caught the second Twilight Zone episode. It was all right. It was all right. You know, this is a my... huge. Rod's Erling fan, of course, a huge Bernard Herman fan, and, sure, uh, those are big names. So, um, you know,
0: and you know uh, what? They're also names from a time when work was different and artistic expression was men were overdoing it. I, I mean, that think- you gotta get that's the first thing you gotta say. Men were really fond of their own voices at that time, but the good ones. The work that they put in was unbelievable, you know. Like, and also you're talking about something that we haven't really, luck had in our generation, which is people whose talents crossed from one era of present, uh, 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 of of media to another with significant difference. Like, I know that I internet- was
1: hoping Coolio would do that for um, that movie, Dangerous Minds. <laughs> yeah, like we thought Coolio was going to merge. Um, He was going to
0: murk. We thought he was going to murk Michelle Pfeiffer. But no, like, I'm just saying, all those guys and gals doing stuff between the 20s and the 50s, you know, were able to hone their voice so hard on the radio, you know?
1: I'm talking about Alan Freed, Paul Robeson, Orson Welles. Those are good names. All those dudes were killing it. They were. (laughs) Oprah Spinfrey, (laughs) R2LST2.
0: Uh, Dr. Remulak for any of my uh, Stern listeners old school Howard Stern listeners
1: but uh, so, mm-hmm. what I was trying to say is we haven't seen each other in a couple of weeks and a lot's been happening I saw sometimes. you Sunday <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true but we didn't get to catch up we didn't really get to catch up about yeah. what went down in the world so you know maybe we should maybe we should just touch base about that stuff. okay so what's up so the oh, Israeli rocket, did it have a name? Yeah, it was, it was called Bereshit, which means Genesis in Hebrew. Okay, cool. And, um, did it have a message in it? A message in a bottle? Yeah, you know, they do that kind of thing with space sometimes.
0: <laughs> like, did it have a thing that's like, please? People, the- <laughs> you're
1: invited to the Seder, <laughs> <laughs> donate here. <laughs> um, you no, know, what I really wanted to say was you know, enough of this rocket and the moon business, sure. We got problems here, you know, on planet Earth, <clears throat> and you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the assassination of Nipsey Russell,
0: brutal. Um, That's a brutal thing that happened.
1: And uh, yeah, my heart breaks over that.
0: You told me you just started listening to him as soon as, as, <laughs> as, soon 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 as, as he died. Having. Yeah, which is not, uh, <laughs> not...
1: a cool move. I was
0: going to say it's not uncommon. I mean, I think that I've had that a lot. You don't think that's a cool move? Oh, no, I think
1: As it's, soon <laughs> as I hear that somebody dies, I want to hear all their music. Yeah, the first uh, Why do you have to sentence them? of You Are a Badass, that book, is like, you are a badass. As soon as someone
0: dies, you check it out. <laughs> <laughs> The That's subtle more, art of giving... What's
1: really embarrassing is that I read that book. I, I read I read <laughs> The Subtle
0: Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's Same also author? Horrible. No, but it might as well be.
1: Anyway, we're know. getting too far off the topic. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to pay my respects to the family and to that city and to that dude. And, um, you know, rest in power. That's just crazy. Rest in power, yeah. Nick, So You were a fan for like a long time? Is that No, what's... no.
0: I was... uh my exposure to nipsey hustle was like when he first first came out which is a long time ago uh i feel like it was even before freddie gibbs and stuff like he was sort of just popping on the underground before even two dope boys and um uh, whatever the other mixtape uh you remember like the not world star but there were like those websites that were you could listen to mixtapes on so to, 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 oh like a dat piff dat piff so he was kind of coming up it was like and and I heard it and I was like this guy can rap and then I probably I didn't have any records of his but I mean he seemed to be gaining stature as much as a, a figure you know um, in hip hop I was
1: just really impressed by seeing all of the philanthropic work yeah that's what I'm saying and, um, and neighborhood and how he, he invested and, yeah. in it beyond uh beyond the money which was really interesting
0: to me because he didn't play the game of he could have easily and i think he started to just back in those days that was when the internet version of the mixtape became the thing and so you were always sort of under the gun basically to like stay relevant to stay in the news or not even the news but just to stay in people's ears and he was good but i didn't come back to listening to nipsey russell hustle until uh the, the record, his last record. And I checked that out, and I was like, this is cool. It was a good record. And when I was in LA, I'd be driving around, and last time that I checked with YG would always come on the... Um, Radio and it was an awesome song, and uh, I would always enjoy it, you know. And and uh, there was a cool piece of video that came out of the um, he has a classic
1: west coast flow. What can I say? The memorial service was really cool. If you if Mm -hmm. you peep that, there's one very cool part where Snoop gives a eulogy and he talks Um, like for about 10 minutes, um, about the impact that uh, that he had. So I don't know, I was really, I was really moved by it. I'm you know. I know I'm just checking in, you know? What was it that was said? You're just just visiting here? You're, oh, you're a guest in the culture. Oof. I don't know. I know, isn't that the I dumbest?
0: I, someone said that, that to was, me last week after I saw Earl and I was just that's like- That's some
1: hateful shit.
0: That's like some reverse hatred. I mean, it's just negative for literally everybody. And also, anyone who is a fan of art knows they're a guest. You know what I mean? Like they're both part of and external of everything that we take in and and especially part of enjoying art is is Uh, is
1: being that guest but yes is is learning about the the person through their work or the culture that they're part of or how they grew up so that's a very cynical thing to say Uh,
0: to use that and then to say I I wish people knew it was cynical they don't think it's cynical they think it's a realistic thing to say and it's not divisive just being real yeah I mean I don't think criticizing that saying is uh, even though it's fine to say that but I think sort of saying that with uh, unless someone is really Appropriating shit, you know, in a way that is like the fuck Jerry style, you know, um, taking things not crediting, you know. But you talk about being a guest in the culture is, you know, Takashi Six Nine for saying, I don't like Tupac, you know, is he a guest? You know, like, like how far does any of this go? I mean, people get mad now when Latino people um, use the N word sometimes, and I I think back to all the hip hop I've listened to and how many. Puerto Rican or Latin rappers I've heard okay. say that word and it seemed acceptable most of the time because they were rapping alongside African Americans you know
1: so yeah <laughs> I want to talk about the new I want to talk about the this new, is not a good topic that I want to talk about, about the theme. new Sunny in the Sunsets album now okay it's called um, Hairdresses, Hairdressers from Heaven right and I just picked it up and I I've been a big fan, and I want to say this new record is really cool. So big up to those guys, and thank you for putting out another amazing record into the world. Kelly
0: Stoltz touring with them right now, playing in the band. I think
1: Garrett cool. Goddard cool. was big in the up. band. Big up. I hope they come this way.
0: And um, I think they will. Actually, I was told they probably won't. Do you want to play a quick tune on the guitar? Like, really quick? Like just a grab clar- the guitar and just do a little... Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just going to let that hang right there where it is. No, I really, I really like that. That was really funny. What um, was really funny. What you just said. I, think, <laughs> I don't think that any musical accompaniment is needed.
0: Oh, there once was a man from Compton. He was a hero to the neighborhood and more. His name was Nipsey Hussle. We respect you. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Nipsey. Rest in power,
1: Nipsey. Yeah, that was a new one I'm working on, Nick. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I debuted a bit of that at the uh, club the other night. Yeah, I missed that one. Somebody asked me for my auto. Did you give your auto? someone asked
0: you for your car? <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah so okay so where where were we so I think we talked
0: Sunny and the Sunsets how would you describe their music
1: oh um geez I hope I would hope that I wouldn't have to
0: okay you don't have Um, to there's no rules in this land
1: it's just really great melodies and like kind of um, I hope it doesn't sound condescending to say it's like naive pop like I really like this band called The Shags yeah and their album philosophy of the world yeah and um uh, sunny in the sunsets kind of remind me of the shags in a really really great way were the shags um did they have like a sven galley type of person who was
0: like making them happen right so the shags were sisters
1: (laughs) and they had they were a band they did not know how to play instruments traditionally i think the story is that like for their 13th birthday their dad like bought them all like gear and then put them in a room and said make music mm. so <clears throat> so that's the legend and um, I think Frank Zappa got a hold of the recording that actually mm. came out of that session he's like this is the this is the high watermark of music <laughs> and um,
0: completely without irony of course
1: no no cynicism no
0: not announcing I Frank it. Zappa I cynical Frank
1: Zappa was he the Rollins of Prague <laughs> <laughs> Rollins of Prague I don't know who he would consider himself. Um, Prague? Prague. What was he? Classically trained. He's he, his book is really amazing. It was on my book. Sh- it was on my um, shelf the other day. Um, the um, the autobiography. Um, he's a composer. I mean, yeah, he's, he, was he's, a he, he was a composer.
0: A, he was a contemporary composer. composer. That's that's what you'd call Frank Zappa.
1: Um, I'm not so sure about Moon Unit, but
0: um, Moon Unit probably don't is Matt. You know, oh, you
1: know what I'm pissed off about the and way he I treated I his record. <laughs> I'm upset that we didn't go see that um, Lennon Claypool Delirium. Okay, wait. What? You know what I'm talking about? No. So John Lennon and Les Claypool have they have a band? Yeah, yeah. The Lennon Claypool Delirium. What about that band
0: Delirium? Don't they care that the name (laughs) has just been taken by two of the kind uh, most famous (laughs) musicians? I
1: don't know. Okay, let's just move, let's just move
0: along no, I wish um, I'd gone to that too. Sean Lennon, what a guy. So, I think he could be my friend. <coughs> he's like one of those guys, like right? Where like someone you know is like, yeah, I totally hang out with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. Because yeah, one time he was like, oh, I gotta go meet my mom for tea, and I was like, wow, yo, that's your call. <laughs>
1: you know those kinds of people you know a great impression Um, (laughs) of a friend what else was i going to say what else is on my list oh yeah i want to big up makoto kawabata and acid mother's temple for the uh amazing show the other night i got to give them a sacred lamp record that was really very special and um sacred lamp is your album is my alter ego and uh in band uh, uh, cosmic range um and um, what was cool was that I got to pick up a couple solo albums by um, Higashi Hiroshi the uh, synth You
0: were playing that for me. It sounded
1: sick. Player. It he sounded great. Singing. It sounded soothing. So it sounded like good cool. white noise. Yeah, yeah, they're always putting out those private press music to um, to take a nap to. So How
0: would you, if you can make the noise with your mouth now, do it. <laughs> Very cool. Is there more? There is more. Okay.
1: It's gonna be on my pay-per-view. <laughs> you gotta pre-order. Do
0: they still do pay-per-views? You can. Like that's I all I'm... I can set it up for you. Would you think what where would you rather go to? Uh, Katy Perry live at uh, Wembley Stadium in the back row with the obs or <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or uh, MMA live uh, pay-per-view showing at Dick Sporting Goods in Louisiana.
1: I'd rather I'd rather talk about Seymour Cassell.
0: Oh, R. I. P. Seymour Cassell. Wow. Icon.
1: Did you talk about him in all? Not of yet? yet, no, no, no. But I but
0: I mean was to. I was hurt by his passing. I didn't I haven't even done the podcast for the last few days. He was a very uh, He was the one. He had a he had a kind he had a kindness to him, you know? Can you tell me what you know about Seymour Cassel? Because I only know him well, from. <laughs> if anyone's listening, Seymour Cassell was a old dad in Rushmore. You know what I
1: didn't like? I didn't like that the major, all the major media news outlets characterized him as a he was a character actor. They always say that. I think it's that. so diminishing. And um, there was a really good interview that they replayed on NPR with him from a few years back, where he was talking about how Wes Anderson. I think was uh, was working with him, and he tried to get him to shave off his hair. And he was he gave a really funny anecdote about how you know shouting at him, telling him that he uh, he, he refused to do it because he was committed to another project. But um, he seemed to be like you know a, a person you wanted to you'd know, be great to hang out with. How and, so? Um, and shoot the shit with. How so? Don't <clears throat> just really down home, just a kind of like a straight shooter, you know. Uh. I've only seen him in Wes Anderson films. But what other movies was he in? Do you know? Well. You're a cinephile. <sighs> <a> <clears throat> so, well, there's Cassavetes. He was in a, in a bunch the, of Cassavetes movies? He's in Woman Under the Influence, uh, Minnie and Moskowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might... He, 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 he was kind of like... He's known for being in that... He was in Cassavetes' inner circle. Mm. Um, so he. Had, so he got yelled at a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> Is that a cynical Casavetti's <laughs> joke? Yeah, I don't know
0: almost anything about him, but S- really, no. I mean, I know he yelled at Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> So if he's anything like the character he yes. played in Rosemary's Johnny, Johnny. Staccato, come on. <laughs> um, so oh, he was Johnny Staccato, you know, the inspiration for Vic Arpeggio bringing it back to SCTV. S- wow, yeah. I mean, talk about famous Canadians.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not Canadian. That was that was. Anyway, I mean, Joe priorities from Chicago, you know, we're talking about a lot of things right now. I know. You know when you move from Seymour Cassell to Vic Arpeggio, it's <laughs> like light years. So. Well, let's
0: move back to <laughs> to Seymour uh, Cassell. So
1: that's what interests me about Cassell the most is because um, Cassavetes is really interesting for your listeners. Um, if you're looking for a primer on the work of Cassavetes and the inner circle of those actors that he worked with, you should definitely check out the documentary called The Constant Forge. It was released as like a standalone doc, uh, by Criterion many years ago. Um, it's really insightful, you know, the pro- his whole process and, um, yeah, he's just kind of, he's sort of like the person you kind of want to be. Um, if you're, if you're learning and, and doing that kind of work, especially if you're learning about those films to know that like, you know, he was just like a real blue collar person you could identify with, um, and to see him ply acting as like a sort of a blue-collar, that acting could be blue-collar work. Yeah, well, that and was, that was um you know, I think that, that that was one of his great contributions. That's, an, that's amazing, because that's something that you could really see uh,
0: carried forward into, um, actually, The Sopranos. You know, because I've been thinking, a lot of the actors that were picked for The Sopranos, they weren't... Um, non-actors but they were people who had come from different careers that were often now obviously frank vincent who we've talked about already (laughs) he was a musician so it's a little different
1: episode four
0: yeah yeah the psychotronic cinema no no the 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 frank vincent uh reading from his book that one um no uh i'm talking about specifically the guy i can't remember his name offhand but it's he played johnny sack the new york boss in in sopranos and watching an interview with him he was actually uh like a mason and then in his 30s he took acting classes (laughs) i saw a lot of
1: shit when i was doing that gig yeah no i
0: mean i think it's that's what always that's why frank vincent being in you know a nightclub musician in the 60s and 70s that's why i mean these people were Obviously exposed to lives that probably Seymour Kessel was more of just a straight-ahead blue-collar guy who had a nice time, but these were guys who maybe and he
1: looked great. I mean, if you see him in Minnie and Moskowitz, he what a what a great look. Um, You know, so presence, you know, presence, and um, he just embodies that kind of like you know acting cool to be a person who doesn't necessarily need to be like up front all the time but can hold you know can be an anchor in a movie just you know by the way they carry themselves so he kind of like represents that so that's that's a cool thing i mean that's a weird thing too is that there's so many
0: movies like that where a small you think somebody made 500 dollars in a day and that's the end of it and they you know define movies sometimes you know or like even joe pesci in uh jfk (laughs) <laughs> As David Ferry?
1: Oh, that's a great role. Yes, it's Where one of it's, John Cant. You know, there's John candy so in there's that. A ton movie. of great roles in that movie. But Joe, I, for me, the Joe Pesci one stands out. I thought you were going to say Lethal Weapon too. He has a oh, yeah, <laughs> but he has a weird wig. He's like it is so bizarre. Now, yeah. that, you,
0: now that you mention he, it, he's he's just really, he, you know, Joe Pesci. It's he's such a <laughs> seems like such a kook in a way, obviously, but his performances you really got to give it people don't say enough about hey man, watch his, Easy Money people don't talk about <laughs> Chicago uh, sorry <laughs> casino in Chicago <laughs> but he's got that Midwestern accent
1: uh, hey man you know you're preaching to the choir that's the goods tell you, me well, what you I know what I do Here, here's what I do <laughs> I go to the bank with the hammer and I put it to your head and then you give me the money Ralph, <laughs> I think that's the quote, right? right? Right before he pops his eye out. Oh, God. Anybody, his, where his head is in the vice. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, Harry Dean Stan is another one of those guys. For sure. You know, so, but also you know, but di- I digress, but I digress. So, you know, who's going to take his place? I don't know. Can anybody's place really be taken?
0: You know, I was thinking about that because I heard a voiceover for like a com- movie or something. And this guy who was like, Every- everybody goes to the place. And they love
1: who they I think are. That's the Avengers, and, <laughs> the new Avengers, Might have been the Avengers trailer where the last thing he says is like, no one ever really dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is from The Elephant Man, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. That part in The Elephant Man, at the very end of The Elephant Man, where, like, the voice of the mother says, like, nothing really dies, or nothing ever dies. It's, like, the most profound thing in the world to me, you know? Like, right
1: before he blows his head off. He
0: oh, he I'm thinking about The
1: Fly, <laughs> the end of The Fly with Goldblum.
0: He, he, something else, another movie. He gets blown up by a shotgun in The Fly. But in The Elephant Man, it's a very Same poignant... Same premise. It's a very poignant ending. I feel you, John Merrick. You really... You know, you really... I would say The Elephant Man. What's your favorite Lynch movie? I was going to say it's probably The Elephant Man.
1: Oh, wow. That's very telling of you.
0: Yeah, I, because to me, The Elephant Man is like a really... Right, listeners? I mean, you can't really count The Elephant Man as Lynch because it's uh, it's not written by him, I don't think. The
1: rumor I heard is that he was cast to direct Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and I heard he something about that, too. That instead, Is that true? Yeah, Did there was like that? a Star Wars it- kind of thing. Or was it Dune? I can't remember. Well, he may. Anyway, it it doesn't matter. The point is.
0: But I think also a really special David Lynch movie is uh, Mulholland Drive. You know, I think there's lots of interesting stuff going on in Mulholland Drive. Even though it's kind of bad, it's kind of amazing, which is so many of his movies are like that. You can't
1: talk about that movie without talking about Lost Highway. Amazing. And, you know, Bill Pullman.
0: And Robert Blake and And richard pryor also is in last time robert
1: blake yeah damn
0: and uh i mean because once you get past the elephant man to me lynch movies are collections of incredibly memorable (laughs) nightmare moments you know that are derived from clear lucid thoughts post-meditation according to him in his book and uh so i don't really view lynch movies as like single films most of the time
1: you know um kubrick talks about that he talks he talked about the power that cinema has beyond other kinds of art forms being the one that most closely resembles um the state of dreaming and how editing takes place within a film the way dreams um appear like how they come in and out of consciousness and lynch is come he's the king of the unconscious you know in in filmmaking and so I, I appreciate that notion because there is totally a thread of that going through all of those works starting with the and yeah um, yeah
0: starting with the you know? i'd love to have him on here
1: i, all got, right. I got his number i do really i have I, I know somebody
0: i once uh did you know that There's something called uh, the Maharishi College, and it's a TM college that's sort of like like centered around transcendental meditation, but they have a film program, and it's like the David Lynch film program. And he comes in once a year and sort of gives notes on your projects. So I looked into it once and I did not have the money right. to attend. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've had a lot of desperate moments. You're like, uh, <laughs> I should do this. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'd like to make a film. I've always wanted to make a film. I don't have a lot of experience starting to uh, or trying to, but, um, I feel like Lynch will really
1: me. understand me.
0: <laughs> I kind also,
1: of. Also, I like to meditate.
0: Also, I love to meditate, but TM, not so much.
1: Um... Which brings to mind a really amazing movie by Todd Haynes called Safe. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie.
0: I couldn't get through it when I watched it as a teenager but, oh, you know what, because I was I, a young I, man. You would
1: appreciate it even more now, I think.
0: I think um, that there's a sophistication to certain movies that was lost. I, mean, I even saw The Addiction uh, by Abel Ferrara more recently. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I saw it when I was like a teenager, I was like, this movie is pretentious. Were it's you sweating of, when you were watching It's full of trash. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I was sweating. I was like, where's Walken? Because Walken's in the Addiction. The Addiction's about vampires, but barely, right? And uh, it's Lily Taylor and Christopher Walken and Evie Falcos even in it actually. But uh, I rewatched it. It's actually on YouTube. I'm oh, full. now
1: you reminded me what I wanted to mention. Well, hang on one
0: what? sec. And it was much more arresting to me this time around. I was like, oh, I'm interested in what he's going for. But Abel for I don't know. He might be a bad guy. Mm-hmm
1: maybe i want to talk about that whole college cheating scandal for two seconds oh god did you did you weigh in on that no i haven't did talked about it at all Mitch macy and his wife who's she what was her name again? uh
0: felicity huffman right. and Lori laughlin from S- full house and lots of like hedge fund people and
1: so you didn't weigh in on a, that? So a fashion designer what was your feeling about that is this the tip of the iceberg
0: my feeling about this story is yes it is the tip of an iceberg that's uh the world is built on uh handshake uh back slaps. <laughs> i'm just
1: gonna say white money <laughs>
0: white money corruption well white money sure on um, that's like in in a lot of western culture you know that's the overriding thing like a level of corruption and you know you scratch my back i scratch yours but what's ironic is i think that also exists in like every other culture in the west just so they can. Support their community, for instance, you're going to have a lot. If you go to Chinatown, it's like most of the time you're not going to pay tax, you know. If you have money,
1: (laughs) what a weird analogy! (laughs) What are you doing? Bad idea, (laughs) bad idea,
0: jeans. And uh, but but uh, I'm just saying, I'm not surprised, uh, and I think it's probably a lot worse than they make it sound. And of course, the sheriff or whoever it was, the DA who announced the whole thing said this is not like buying a library for a school this is fraud and it's like well no even buying a library having the money to buy a library to guarantee your kids admission which Dr. Dre got in trouble for remember Well, didn't he he posted a picture of his daughter and was like she's going to school she did it all on her own I'm so proud and then people were like he gave he 160 gave million dollars to, to the, the school. University. Yeah, right. he built the university Why? that she got into. So it's just like I do think that in America, you know, wealth transcends like everything, including race to an extent, and that's where yeah. that's where class kind of gets in. But as Chris Rock said, you know, if you look at who's wealthy, there's very few, you know, African Americans on a level of wealth. It's like maybe Magic Johnson, you know, Oprah, some other people. But but yeah, like uh but it sounds like these people for the um college thing were were uh not like super rich they were like medium rich
1: you know so they couldn't like buy libraries you know i don't think it's a question of rich or money it's a question it's just a question of privilege yeah entitlement and and entitlement and the use of privilege and
0: And, and 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 it's almost you know what it is just think about it it's almost medieval because it's about titles you know, it's and about there is a connection to the church
1: burning from yesterday. Okay, we're talking about moving on to Notre Dame because sometimes it was the school Notre Dame. No, no, no. Because you know, what was what, what was the piece that you see coming out now is like you know the first thing that you heard when when you know this this incredible you know structure was burning to the ground are all of the pledges coming in from multi-millionaires you know <laughs> while this thing is burning to the ground and I'll do I'll pledge this and I'll pledge that and, and all the people weighing in on you know trying to be you know
0: meanwhile yesterday publicly- publicly
1: meanwhile in louisiana like some white person burned down six churches like in a week and nobody's (laughs) doing anything. (laughs) anything
0: meanwhile yesterday i go to a day of grief for the overdose prevention society outside of queens park in toronto and you know there's 100 or 200 people there but it's the opiate crisis is like so insane and people are dying every single day of all races and classes you know and uh nobody even knows how to address it you know and so it's or like they're talking about it but they're talking about it so generally most of the time about harm reduction so Whoa. when
1: when all these things are happening in the news you know the, the pieces of news that rise to the surface whether it's the college cheating scandal or you know what you know whatever the, com- com- whatever the current event is um there's always this sense that what you know about it is only the tip of the iceberg and it's really, you know, that information is being suppressed or controlled. You know, you asked about conspiracy theories. You know, I mean, <laughs> what's what's that line from that Brando movie? It's like, what, what do you got? You know, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all over. It's What are you rebelling against? You know, what do you got? Like, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. It's rampant. It's, There's an anti-Semitic um,
0: lunatic called Owen Benjamin. In your neighborhood In he's in america but he streams so he's in everyone's neighborhood and he is so weird about jews it's horrible
1: he's like an orthodox
0: no he's like a comedian who went crazy but he said he says everything's a conspiracy that's what the world was built on (laughs) everything is just a conspiracy
1: by some other people to get power and i'm like look the the truth is and i don't agree with you you, you benjamin but the truth is, I do. The essence of what he's saying is correct. That's there, what
0: I mean. I'm so saying I don't agree is, with you, but I know what he's there's saying. There's a
1: kernel of truth in what he's saying. What he's really saying is that... Um what he's saying is, I mean, you, you you tell me, what is he saying? Well,
0: he's saying it's just elementary. It's, he's just saying that he's in saying order that to have, accomplish something, you must plan with people to you, accomplish that. You, and if it's anything when, related to the acquisition of something that other people have, and you don't, there's a level of secrecy that might occur. When you
1: say that, what is it that he said? When you say that everything is a conspiracy, what you're really saying is that you know, history is written by the winners. Yes. And and um, there's a monopoly on truth there. But except for our so hot dog many...
0: history is written by the wieners. <laughs> the history of hot Franks. Frank wrote the history of
1: hot dogs. Frank Wiener. <laughs> the history of hot dogs. That brings <clears throat> me to another story about shop scenes, but we'll uh, wait. great Canadians. We'll wait on that. We'll wait on that. I think we might um, have to bail right now? I think so. Things are going so well. I know it's going really well. It's going so well for us. We really only pick up steam, you know, 45 minutes in.
0: It's true. I think in the future, we might have to do a longer one. Yeah. Everyone wants that, right?
1: And it should be outdoors, really. I know, but there's surface noise. You can't really see outdoors right now, but it's a really beautiful day in Toronto.
0: It is a beautiful day. I went to the park and there were people doing Scantily clad photo shoots. Again? What,
1: you seen that? Across the street? Yeah, at the park across the street. Yeah, it's always happening. Those people are out of control.
0: Millennials.
1: <laughs> so. Maledibles. Was there, any, was there <laughs> anything else on the list now? Was there anything you wanted to add? I, I hope I didn't no, come in here and. We did great. Monopolize the show. I'm reading
0: this self help book I just got. Someone recommended to me. The road less traveled by Scott, by
1: Scott Peck, MD. You know this book? Well, there's a whole conspiracy behind that book. I don't really want to get into it right now, but that guy M. Scott Peck is not who he says he is.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So there is a conspiracy.
1: Yeah, Google that. All right. It's on M. Scott Peck. Actually, yep. is a anyway. Well, do the research. What you got? Anything? Last thing. I was just gonna say. Um, what you said downstairs was really funny i wrote it down i'll start talking again when i know what to say
0: <laughs> that's actually a blaze foley re- lyric
1: i a, didn't say it i think it's a great epitaph. Start
0: talking again when i don't know what to say yeah i love blaze foley thank how you, Mike you ever, Judge.
1: how do you ever know what to say like uh-huh. how do you know that you want to say anything i mean this is a great question for somebody that does the sort of work that you do in general, maybe this is a topic for another time. But yeah. how do you really know? And how, and more importantly, how how do you know when not to say anything? You know, when there's things being said around you. So this is what I struggle crazy. with every day. That's
0: why I got the dialectical behavioral therapy thing. Oh, actually, and this is if anyone uh, wants to, I really recommend that you uh, listen to a podcast, uh, not my own but it's uh, it's it's ad attitude magazine which is an adD uh, magazine. It's also a web magazine so you can read it on the web and um, Jason, someone I know from an adHD group I'm in, sent me a link to this podcast and it blew my mind. It's uh, called I'm going to put the link in in the notes and for the show notes but, um podcast emo sorry (laughs) emotions and adhd um and it's by a doctor named william dodson and it's really about something called um rejection sensitive dysphoria and it's about having such a hard time with rejection and the idea of rejection that it shapes the entire way you live your life and it is part and parcel with the reason your emotions can go from zero to a hundred or hundred to zero within the span of seconds. And it's really fascinating and, and there are solutions prevent, presented. I really identified with a lot of it. Oh, that sounds really interesting. It's super interesting, yeah. So uh, I'll yeah, put this link good. in the notes. And uh, of course, Al, yeah, where can they find your, everyone's dreams?
1: <laughs> where can they find your things? <laughs> The listener, yeah, no, please check out the uh, Sacred Lamb Band camp and um, order the vinyl and uh, yeah, order that vinyl while it's out. Um, thanks to everybody that picked that up, and um, you can get it at Rotate June Records. Um, you can get it at uh, Sonic Boom and a couple other fine retail outlets in the city. What if you're not in Toronto? And if you're not, yeah, just um, find us on that Bandcamp. Mail can happen. And, uh, yeah.
0: And check out my band at wrongholemusic.bandcamp.com. Yeah. You might like it. We're fin to do a sound clash sometimes. Oh, I'd love to do a sound clash. Uh, do you want to play something really quick to play us off? You want to do a little, you want me to just trail out?
1: Okay. What do you <laughs>